This is The Guardian. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, what if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week he has a candid conversation with guests, including Prime Ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. Over the past few years, doctors around the world have noticed something very unusual. I want to talk about this story so much that I'm getting all flabbergasted here. This is the strangest phenomenon. Teenage girls showing up at their doctor's office with these strange tics. A big rise in young adults, often women, presenting with rapid onset tic-like behaviours. Sudden movements or vocalisations, similar to what you might see in someone with Tourette's syndrome. When clinicians began to try and work out what might be driving this phenomenon, some speculated that it might be linked to social media accounts like this one. Hi everyone, my name is Evie Meg. I'm 21 years old and I have Tourette's syndrome. Sorry. Oh, good. Sorry. This is TikTok influencer Evie Meg who raises awareness about Tourette's syndrome to her 14 million followers by giving people insight into her life, cooking breakfast, doing gymnastics, or just hanging out with friends. And we're going to try and make scrambled eggs. Here you go. There's a, oh. Oh. Just okay. don't think about it. It's not there. Where's the moron? Oh, there he is! <laughs> Why the link? Well... Lots of young people suffering from newly acquired tics had either watched these videos or even had the same tics as social media influencers. In fact, they've even been dubbed by some as TikTok tics. But the true picture of what's really going on and why it seems to be on the rise now is much more complicated. From The Guardian, I'm Madeline Finlay, and this is Science Weekly. Shirin Kale has been reporting on this story for The Guardian. She spoke to several of these young people who suddenly developed tics. What's really clear from talking to these young people 
is just how frightening it is to suddenly have your body rebel on you in this way and to really not have any clue what on earth is going on. So one young person that I spoke to, Meg, who was 17 years old, you know, she was stressed at school, her puppy was sick, you know, like very, very normal teenage things. And she started getting these neck jerks. And within a few weeks, these, these sort of neck jerks or eye blinkings ticks had progressed into her headbutting things, trying to hurt herself, you know, and by May, so just a few months later, she was having full-blown seizures at school. So obviously that is just utterly terrifying for that young person and also for their family. And that also must be very disruptive to their normal lives. Oh gosh, I mean, yeah, like Meg is so behind on her schoolwork, basically not being in school for an entire year. She can't do anything. She can't see her friends. You know, when she does see her friends, she has a seizure. It's frightening for her friends. It's alarming. You know, really everyday normal teenage things are basically completely out of reach for her. But it's, it's hugely damaging. When most people hear about ticks, they probably think about Tourette's which is characterised by these sudden movements or vocalisations. It develops in early childhood and seems to be more common in boys. But the young people Shirin spoke to have something different. They've been diagnosed with Functional Neurological Disorder, or FND, and they have what are known as functional tics. In functional ticks, we find it's not so common in boys, we think. It seems to be more common in girls. There's a later age of onset, so these are young adolescents, uh, often girls. This is Shornich Anderson, a research psychologist and neurodiversity consultant. In functional neurological disorder, the patient's experiencing a known set of neurological symptoms, but it's not explained by any recognised illness. It's often thought to be a physical manifestation of psychological distress. But uh, the functional symptoms are not purposeful or voluntary, and it's important that people realise somebody with functional symptoms is not faking it, as it were. What have researchers and the media speculated about what could be causing this? So I think at the moment there is a, a lack of evidence and I think there's also some myths and misunderstandings to kind of clear up as well. Um, these functional symptoms that seem to be coming on are not um, a sudden onset of Tourette syndrome, for example. The clinicians believe that this is something quite different. And another point is that there's been a lot of media speculation around um, the role of social media and that young people in some way might be catching ticks from watching online content or that there's some uh, contagion, for example. And that's not what um, researchers are saying. It's maybe something that will capture media headlines, um, but really is going to be far more complicated than them just watching online videos on platforms such as TikTok, for example. Why was it that people thought that there could be this link between ticks and social media? I think there were clinicians that were noticing some of the ticks and some of the movements were very similar to those being exhibited in videos on social media platforms. And um, it could be that perhaps sharing videos of tick-like movements could have played a part, but we want to be very careful. It's a very complicated picture. We do know that 
um, one of the characteristics of ticks is that they're suggestible. Um, and we know from running support groups for people with Tourette syndrome that when they come together in the group, um, they might often pick up each other's ticks for a short while. If young people are spending a long, long time on social media and they're looking at lots of videos with ticks, this could be something that might trigger somebody with an underlying predisposition to perhaps experiencing functional symptoms. There must be underlying reasons why young people are developing these tics. It can't just be the social media. Do we know what some of the reasons might be? Yes, absolutely. I mean, it may play a role, but at the moment we really don't have that um, depth of research data there's millions of people that is watching this content and they don't develop tics. So there's something about this group of young people where they may have these um, psychiatric conditions and neurodevelopmental disorders that may not have been picked up yet. So they may have um, anxiety and depression and it may be that they have unrecognised autism spectrum disorder and ADHD, for example. Um, and the pandemic, of course, has exacerbated all of that. So we, we think it's a kind of culmination of these things. So, Shirin Kala, we can definitely say that young people aren't catching Tourette's off TikTok. But what is the contribution of social media? It's difficult, right, because we know that social media correlates with other negative mental health outcomes in young people. That's very well established. So I don't think we should dismiss the impact of social media on these young people. I think it is a very valid thing to consider. It's not that social media is giving people these conditions. It just might be exacerbating their condition. And what we also know, however, paradoxically, is that social media can also be really helpful and beneficial for young people with these conditions. You know, it can be incredibly empowering for young people to go on social media and follow people that are similar to them and learn about their conditions from those people. So it's not as easy as just saying, right, let's get all these kids off social media. It's clearly making their ticks a lot worse. What we do really need to do is look at investing more in research and also in, in treatment for these young people because that is really under-resourced right now. According to one study... Specialist tick clinics in London saw around double the amount of referrals for acute onset ticks in teenage girls at the end of 2020. The growing popularity of videos on social media and mental health issues, including those aggravated or caused by the pandemic, are undoubtedly playing a role. But whilst research is done to figure all this out, can young people get the help they need? So treating functional tics is similar to other types of functional neurological disorder. It involves recognising that there are patterns of movement in the brain which have become stuck and working out if there are techniques, either using psychological therapy or sometimes physiotherapy, to help sort of unstick them, as it were. Cognitive behavioural therapy, for example, includes education and understanding the mind and body symptoms, especially the anxiety, and also treating those other mental health conditions which might be present. So, Shirin, what is the outlook for the people that you've spoken to who are still experiencing these really debilitating and life-changing tics? 
it's bleak. It's really bad. Waiting lists for CAMS, which is the Child and Adolescent Mental Health Services, sometimes can be up to two years long for diagnosis. And that's before you even got into treatment options. You know, Meg, the 17-year-old that I spoke to, had a five-minute phone call with a neurologist. And that was it. That, that's, her, that's her diagnosis. And she's still waiting for additional support through CAMS. Right now in Wales, for example, there's actually no paediatric neurologist who specializes in Tourette's or FND. So people in Wales, young people in Wales with this condition are having to travel or wait really long time for treatment. And what we do know is post-pandemic, there are huge backlogs for non-urgent care in the NHS. So actually, you can understand why these young people do head online and look for resources there and look for help and support and recognition on social media. Yeah, absolutely. If I was a young person who suddenly developed tics, I'm pretty sure the first thing I would do would be to doodle it, right? That's what we all do. And if you can find somebody who looks like you, is a similar age to you, and, and, and they're talking about their experiences, that can really be a powerful thing. So we'll catch 22, isn't it? You can't get the support you need, but you're also told to not go online and look for information there because it will make your condition worse. I don't really know what these young people are supposed to do. Thanks to Shirin Kale and Shawnich Anderson. We've added links to places where you can find help and more information on the issues we've discussed in this episode on the podcast webpage at theguardian.com. You can also read Shirin's piece at theguardian.com along with all our other reporting. And we'll be back next week. See you then. This is The Guardian. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, what if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week, he has a candid conversation with guests, including prime ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed, and Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model in the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today.